If you haven't met, my name's Rachel. I'm part of the, the leadership team here at Woodlands Church, and it's fantastic that I get to speak to you. Maybe not fantastic for you, but fantastic for me, because I'm excited. Now, a few years ago, I was um, driving my car around to my friend's house, and I had that thing where you drive the car, and then the light flashes up on the dashboard to alert you that there is some problem with the car. And this was happening quite frequently because we had a problem with the radiator. And so rather than getting it fixed, we just kept topping it up. It seemed to work, okay. And uh, got to my friend's house and thought, I need to make sure that I replace the water before I go home and, and um, go on the school run because it was a bit of a longer journey home. And I thought that would not be good for the car if I don't top it up. So had a chat, had a nice time with my friend. As I was about to leave, I remembered, oh, I was running late quite normal for me, running late, oh, can I borrow a jug of water to fill up my car, got the jug of water, dashed out to the car, popped up the bonnet, took off a cap, plunged the water in, only to realise I was filling up the oil reservoir. <laughs> True story. I phoned up my husband, who was not very pleased with me. Um, yes. So, I, it was a bit of a disaster, to be told. Um, but it paralyzed the car, it ruined my day, and that car was not going anywhere apart from the back of an AA lorry with a very nice man. So if you want to go anywhere in the Christian life, you need to get to grips with what faith is and how faith works in our lives. Faith is so crucial. It's like the force that propels us forward as Christians. It's there right at the very beginning when we take that step of faith to invite Jesus into our lives. It is something that needs to kind of be with us every day of our lives as we follow him. And it's there right at the end. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The Bible talks about faith a lot. Faith is mentioned 458 times, I've counted, in the NIV via Google. And in Hebrews 11, it's our Bible reading for today, which I'm going to read in a moment. It is mentioned 25 or 27 times, depending on which version of the NIV that you read. That is an incredible passage where it lists men and women of faith all the way through the whole of Scripture. And it talks about in faith they did that, in faith they did that, in faith they did that. The writer, we're not quite sure who wrote Hebrews, is really trying to emphasize that faith actually leads to action. It leads to something. It leads to yeah, evidence of what God is doing in your lives. Jesus was also really into talking about faith. He encouraged people to have faith. He commended people for their faith. He rebuked people for having little faith. He told it as it was. And he also said that if you have faith, thank you, Josh. Round of applause for Josh. Because I gave Josh my PowerPoint during the worship because I forgot. So I'm so sorry. Thank you so much, Josh. You're awesome. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can do great things for God. How big does your faith feel today? I really resonate with that mustard seed. Sometimes my faith feels literally that big. But Jesus says, if you've got faith that big, you are going to be able to do great things. So however you're feeling this, this evening, he wants to encourage you to grow your faith. Let's read this passage. It's in Hebrews 11, a wonderful, wonderful, iconic passage in the Bible. I love it. It's one of my favorite ones. 
It's going to come up on the screen, hopefully. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, follow along with me. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he didn't know where he was going, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God." And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man and woman, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't even receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Such inspiring passage. I recommend you go home and read the whole passage. I had to just take some bits out because it is literally so inspiring. This passage is like a hall of fame. Kind of a, an odd kind of bunch of characters, really of people who lived by faith. There's some really unlikely candidates. There's Jezebel, the prostitute, who is commended for her faith. These were not perfect people. They weren't super Christians. They weren't super spiritual. They were normal men and women with kind of eclectic, messed up relationships and lives, but who wanted to live by faith and who took risks and followed God's leading, even though at times it felt crazy, at times it felt really hard, they decided to say yes to him. And verse 1 defines what biblical faith is. It's a Greek word, pistis, and it says this, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is linked to confidence. But how can you be confident and have hope in something that you cannot see, that you cannot grasp hold of, that you cannot kind of like show other people and say, here, here's my here's faith. It's kind of like a hard thing to do. So how do you have confidence in that? Well, faith is not some nebulous floaty feeling based on an emotion or happy thoughts or having a good day or feeling good about yourself and the world. Faith is based on Jesus. He is the object. He is the foundation. 
He is the person on whom we trust and base our faith on. So faith is not actually that so difficult to kind of explain because it's based on Jesus. It's based on him, his words, his promises, his salvation, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, his love, his kindness, his generosity, the fact that he meets us where we are and takes us on a journey. That is the basis of our faith. He is the basis of our faith. He is the object of our faith. He is the one that wants to keep our faith growing and expanding and propelling us forward, moving us forward. Which means two things I've come to discover as I've been thinking about this, and as I've looked at my own life from this passage. The first thing is, if you follow Jesus here, and not everybody might be in this room, and that's totally cool. We're happy. We're so glad you're here. But if you're a Jesus follower in this room, you have faith. Do you see, it says, and without him, without faith, it is impossible to please God because everyone who comes to him, that's Jesus, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So if you are a Jesus follower, if you are a Christian, that took a step of faith. There was a moment or moments in your life, in your journey with him, where you had to say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow him. I'm not sure if this is right. I'm not sure if I get it all. I'm not sure if I understand it. But I sense that this is what I need to do, and I'm going to take that step. That took faith. Faith in Jesus. So if you've done that, you have a deposit and measure of faith in you. It might be small, but it is there and it is mighty. And that's good news because however you feel tonight, whether you feel really wobbly, whether you feel like your faith is tiny, whether you feel like your faith has been buffeted, whether you feel like your faith has been kind of stamped on, screwed up, is like a little shriveled walnut. I like that picture in my head. Whether you feel like your faith is like a dry sponge, it's there. It's there. And God can work with that. And he wants to work with that. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus yet, and you're curious, and you're trying to figure out if Jesus is real, and if all this stuff is actually pointing to him, I just want to tell you, because I've got a microphone in my hand, that Jesus is real. And that he loves you. You. He knows you intimately well. He knows everything about you. And that doesn't discount him from loving you. Maybe it even makes him love you even more. He wants to meet you where you're at. He wants to forgive your sin, the bad stuff, the stuff that gets in the way of your relationship with God. He died on the cross to remove it and to let you have a relationship with God. And tonight, he's inviting you into that relationship. There's an invitation in this room tonight for you to follow him, not to put it off, to take that step of faith and say, actually, I'm going to follow you. I don't have it all together. I don't understand it even, but I'm going to take that step. And if that's you, I'd love to give you a Woody's Discovery Pack. I'd love to meet you at the end of the service and we'd love to pray with you as a team, just one of us, and say, yeah, bless you for taking that step. This is yours. We have lots. So it's not just for one person.
Lots of things can affect our faith. Lots of things can affect our faith. Our faith can take a hit. Most of us who have been Christians for longer than 25 minutes will know that things can affect our faith and make us feel wobbly. Things like cynicism, sin, the bad stuff that we get drawn into can affect our faith. Hard circumstances, difficult situations that come our way in life can really kind of have a hit on our lives and make our faith really kind of like wobble and make us doubt God's goodness and make us wonder if we're good enough as a Christian and, you know, is this going to work for me? Disconnection from other believers can really affect our faith. If we kind of withdraw from other Christians or Christian community, we kind of find ourselves taking steps back and then before we know it, we don't have anyone around us and we really can struggle with our faith. That's why it's so good to be in community, to be in home, to be in pastors, to come along to church and connect with other people because we need everybody to kind of keep us going. But there are also lots of things that can feed our faith and help our faith grow and help it thrive and help it be really hot rather than like lukewarm. Stories of faith. This morning we had baptised Ty and uh, I met Ty four years ago when he came into Woody's. And he had never been to this church or, or any church, really. He was not a Christian at all. And I clocked him, and I was like, I'm going to talk to that bloke. Um, and it was such a joy to baptize him this morning. He was completely not a Christian. Difficult circumstances in his life, hard stuff. And here he was, proclaiming his faith in Jesus in front of a packed church, telling us what God has done in his life. That builds my faith. I just felt my faith growing this morning. I felt God like his, like, like when the sun comes out, you know, and you feel it on your face. That's what it felt like this morning for me. Other people's stories bless us as well. When other people tell stories of God's goodness, or when other people say, oh, God answered my prayer in this way, or God answers my prayers, that makes my faith grow. Stepping out in faith and trusting God, sometimes doing the hard things, and trusting God with the hard things and seeing him show up, that builds my faith. And actually also, tough circumstances can be an opportunity for our faith to grow. Sometimes tough circumstances means that we step away from God and our faith kind of goes down. But also tough circumstances can make us walk into God and lean on him and help our faith to grow. And I have got this um, example from my own life, which is when I was diagnosed with cancer a few years ago. And even though I was super wobbly, and actually, I was afraid. I was afraid. I remember saying to my consultant, am I going to die from this? And he didn't say no, which was a bit annoying. Um, you know, doctors, they, God, they walk a fine line. And I had loads of people pray for me. I was blessed in that regard. People gathered around me and prayed. And in moments, um, you know, I felt really close to God in that whole period. But was I scared? Yes, I was. Did I feel like my life was very uncertain? Yes, I did. Did I know what was around the corner? No, I didn't. It was really hard. And there were times when I felt really freakingly scared. <laughs> but did my faith grow? in that season yes it did only God could do that and I was as surprised as anyone <laughs> that that is what happened 
Because when we hit the tough stuff and we lean on him and trust him and we get people to pray with us and stand with us and bless us and we're in it with other people, not just ourselves, that really strengthens our faith and fortifies us. But let's be honest, we, all, we are all a mixture of both, you know. We are human. We are human. And so, like these guys in Hebrews 11, it's not like, yes, yeah, super Christians, that's, that's the bar we've got to be. No, we've got to be honest. In our wobbliness and our frailty and our fear, that doesn't discount us having a faith that grows. That just makes us human. But what God is calling us to is to trust him in those places and in those times and to trust him that he will lead us through whatever it looks like. Whatever the journey takes us, he's with us. The second thing I've come to to realize and learn is that faith is meant to be the force that propels us through life. It's there in our spiritual birth as we start. It's there in this passage at the end where these guys die. And it's meant to be faith, faith, faith every day in between. It says here, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They had this mindset as they kind of knew where they were going. They lived in the world and they engaged with everything. But on another level, they were following God. And they trusted him above everything else. I think that's what God's calling us to. And that's kind of what I'm calling all of us, including myself, to tonight. They're commended for their faith, even though life was really hard. And it didn't always look successful. And it didn't always look like, you know, a great Christian life. It didn't always look like that. Just listen to these verses. This is some of the words that are written about these men and women of faith. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. Oh my gosh, that's horrendous. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. Yet these were commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. See, a life of faith isn't always a life that's successful or looks successful and flourishing on the outside. A life of faith is often hidden and quiet and small and consistent and faithful doesn't always look glittery and super successful and you know what I think God is more interested in our faithfulness than our success we love a success story we love celebrity we love bright and shiny I don't think God's that bothered he wants faithfulness that's what he wants from us and Abraham and Sarah were commended for their faith for following God and leaving their home, living in tents. They were really wealthy and rich people, not knowing where they were going. They were like living on the road. They were like, they were like travelers. They were like in the caravan, not the caravan, in the tents, moving around, just going where God led them to. That must have looked crazy to the people they left behind. The result of their obedience 
was that Sarah and Abraham became the mother and father of a nation, of Israel. What if they hadn't gone? What if they said, no, I'm going I'm to stay put, thanks. What would they have missed out on? But they went, they were obedient. You know, sometimes God is going to ask us to take steps of obedience into the unknown. We won't know what's around the corner. In fact, often God does that. He very rarely reveals the whole plan when he's asking us to do something, asking us to be obedient. He just doesn't generally do that. Occasionally he might. There's always the, you know, the thing that he does do. But when I look back at my own life, he said, this is the next step. Take this step. The rest will kind of come. Like that sort of step into the unknown sometimes. It's really hard to take. But God's so gracious. He puts people around us. He puts community around us. He gives us faithful people who can speak into our lives. And he gives us his word. Because he's not so interested in like making us comfy. What he really wants to call out of us is obedience. That is not a cool word, is it? Obedience. But he wants us to be obedient to him. Not because he's got a power kind of thing going on, but because he loves us. And he wants the best for us. And he's got this view of us that he knows we can become if we follow him. And if we allow our faith to grow and rise and strengthen. It's like a muscle, people talk about it. You know, the more you use it, the bigger it grows. I was going to actually share a picture of a, of a, a bodybuilder with my face superimposed on it. But they were all, there was so much flesh in all of the pictures, I thought, I cannot do that to you. <laughs> it will take you somewhere you should not be going in church. So I spared you from that. I've just given you a visual image in like verbally and said, come on, come back, come back, come back from the bodybuilder image. So this will bring you back. Recent research, I'm coming to land with this, recent research concluded that practicing Christians make up 6% of the UK. We, if you're a Christian in this room, make up 6% of the UK. That means that 94% of people are not Christians. We are way in the minority. And sometimes we really feel that, don't we? At uni, at work, in our families, in our street, in the conversations we're in, we know we are the minority. We really sense it. You know, there's that opportunity to kind of go, yeah, I am, I follow Jesus. Oh, I wouldn't just say that, actually. You know, it's like, it's a tension. But do you know what? I just got to say, the church thrives when it's the minority. At the moment, the church in the UK is actually in decline. Just going to say that. It is. But do you know what happens when the church is in decline, it, hits a, it normally hits a point and then it starts to grow. And persecution and oppression and uh, the hard sort of climate, the spiritual climate, when it gets really harsh, the church does this incredible thing where it begins to grow. And the place where the church is growing the most around the world, anyone know? Iran. Iran the place where the church should not be growing, where there's a really harsh, strong, kind of iron Islamic state. And I was reading this report um, today where missiologists who are studying revival and mission say that the church is growing so rapidly, there's no buildings, there's no, like, gatherings in public. It's secret, and it's networks, and it's discipleship, 
and it's underground and it's, it's growing exponentially at a massive rate because the church there is persecuted. Nothing is going to stop the church of Jesus growing. And I just want to put that out there for us who are in the minority in our country. Let's not be afraid of that. You know, I am afraid of that sometimes. I'm being honest. Sometimes it is hard when you're in a very secular environment and their vibe is very anti-Christian. I understand that. But let's take steps of faith to be confident in who Jesus is and who he's called us to be. That's what he wants to do. He wants to call that out of us tonight. Not that we're brash and unappealing and judgy, but that we're loving, we're secure in who we are and who Jesus is. That we worship a king who's coming back and his church in the world is growing. That is something to be excited about, yeah? Yeah, right, I'm, I am finishing. I keep saying that, I am. So as I finish, I love the idea that faith is the force that propels us through life. At the beginning, it started with Jesus when we took that step to follow him. At the end, like the, the ancients in, in Hebrews 11, when they took their last breath, they are men and women of faith. And we want to kind of live every day in between. We'll have our ups and downs for sure, of course. But let's be men and women who have that force of faith that propels us forward to take steps of faith, to exercise our faith, to trust him when he leads us, and to be a really kind of like fertile place for gifts of faith to be given to us, which is like a sort of special, unique thing that comes from God for a moment. Let's look for those opportunities to be faithful in the small things so that God can give us a gift of faith when he wants to. Does your faith feel like a little tiny mustard seed today? That's okay. Jesus said you can do great things with the faith that size. In a moment, we are going to baptize Naomi and Eleanor and Tereni, three brilliant young women who are taking a step of faith, getting wet in public and on YouTube and Facebook Live, and they're saying, yeah, I'm nailing my colors to the mast because Jesus is worth it. Is there a step of faith that you guys need to take this, this week or this month? Something that you feel God is like calling you to do? Can I encourage you to not shrink back, but to step forward and see him provide for you and give you what you need? Secondly, you might be here and you don't know Jesus. Tonight, there's an opportunity for you to take a step of faith to get to know him. He will not let you down. You might feel like you're not good enough or worthy enough for him, but that is not simply not true. He wants to meet you where you are at tonight and welcome you into God's family. And there'll be an opportunity for you to do that a bit later after our baptisms. And finally, we need a generation of men and women in the church who are living by faith. Who are prepared to lay it down and say, Jesus first. Jesus first above my career, my partner, earning money, holidays, all the good stuff. But actually, Jesus first. 
That's what he's calling us to, not because he's a tyrant, but because he loves us and he wants the best for us. And he knows that living with Jesus first is the best. And he's got what we need every day, every day, every step of the way. Let's take a moment to pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You're here already, but I'm welcoming you again. We know that we are so fragile humans. We get buffeted about by so many things, culture, social media. The pressures of just being a human and doing life can feel overwhelming at times. But Jesus, I thank you that you have put faith in each of us who know you. And I just pray, God, that you'd fan into flame the faith that you've deposited in us. That we'd be men and women who live by faith and not by sight, as it says in Hebrews 11 verse 6. That we would live by faith and not by sight. We'd be prepared to take risks for you. We'd be prepared to speak for you. We'd be prepared to love like you love. We'd be prepared to serve like you serve. We'd be prepared to share our faith in the public arenas where the pressure might come. Thank you, Jesus, that you call us to do these things, not on our own strength, but in yours. Thank you that you love us. Help us to love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, guys.